Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. absolutely should not approve Merck's brand new experimental COVID pill, Molnupiravir. Because the way that this drug works is by encouraging virus mutations. I want to say that again. This drug works by encouraging virus mutations that could very easily result in escape mutations being unleashed out into the world, i.e. a new pandemic. Now, proponents are claiming, hey, the benefits outweigh the risks. No, these people are being incredibly self-serving and short-sighted because remember, it was not that long ago that they gave us similar reassurances about gain-of-function research, something that may very well have led us into this present pandemic that we're dealing with today. There are already far more effective and available treatments like monoclonal antibodies that don't pose such a risk. Well, folks, that was Tulsi Gabbard. I'm sure that you may have seen that video. It's making the rounds. And I also see you found your way to Dangerous World Podcast. My name is Ryan Dean. You probably know me if you've listened. Uh, but, you know, for new listeners, uh, this is a, a good time to tune in to the show. I've been really trying to stay away from COVID and all of the uh, pitfalls that come with diving into that topic. But things keep getting dropped on my lap this came across uh you know my my uh whatever you know it just came across my my view here and i find it very interesting i'm going to be talking about brucellus brucellosis um the nazis had worked on crystallizing and synthesizing uh disease uh, pathogen that comes from animals. So I'm going to really get into that before I dive into that. And I'm going to dive into it pretty good. I do want to bring up that I have a few things going on in this episode. I speak with a dude out of Australia and he has had a fairly good go of things over there. We hear nothing but chaos going on in Australia, but it seems like it depends what area you're living in. Similar to the United States, things can be great or things can be rough or some things can be some somewhere in the middle, right? So this guy's name's Nick, uh, really, really good dude, gave me uh, a state-by-state state analysis, uh, almost like the uh, the old George W. Bush terror threat color code type thing. We left colors out of it, but we uh, we talked about how, how some areas are different, so uh, if you're listening to the free version only, you'll get that towards the end. That'll close out this uh, this free portion. And then if you head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast, you get the full episode and I will be talking more about the Nazis synthesization, if that's the correct way to say it, 
of uh, of this very very weird zoonosis deal um you know a pathogen coming from animals before i get into that i do have some things off the top here that i want to just kind of talk about man because there's some there's some weird things going on you know there's so much every single day that we seem to uh, be kind of caught up in as citizens of the world. It's not exclusively in the United States. And I think that's something that we have to acknowledge more. That's why, you know, talking about this Nazi bioweapon back from World War II, obviously, I wanted to talk with someone from Australia because they seem to be really facing some some turbulation, um, turbulence. It's it's fascinating what's going on there. You hear all kinds of rumors, but uh, speaking with someone that's over there that doesn't have any vested interest, the guy doesn't have a show. He's just a citizen, a concerned individual, a freedom lover, right? Everyone should be a freedom lover. Um, but really quick up the top here, I want to talk about the political landscape just for a second, because I want to warn people that I think that there is a serious plot to get rid of the two-party system. And you may be saying, well, yeah, no shit. There's a one-world order. There's a new world order. It's the uniparty. It's all about one you know, elite versus the poor. But I don't think that people have really thought about the fact that Tulsi Gabbard may be propped up very soon to split the Republican vote or the populist vote. She's taking a lot of stances on things that make her, you know, unfavorable to the progressives and the Democrats uh, and the elite as a whole on the surface, much like Tucker Carlson. Now, some people got a little angry, um, you know, when, when I post things that are negative about the right, but these people just haven't really realized what's right in front of their faces. I mean, these things are are very real. Um, you have Tucker Carlson. I saw a meme going around a little while ago where like the number one show on uh, number one news show is a populist and blah, blah, blah. I've heard things that Tucker Carlson, this is alleged, but I've heard things like Tucker Carlson invested in Dominion voting systems. He's partnered up with like Patrick Byrne and Michael Flynn. Again, alleged. I don't want anyone coming after me here. Um, these are things that I've heard from. Uh, I, I actually heard this from Susan Bradford. Susan Bradford's a very interesting woman, um, very, very well researched, has a, a wide stretch of knowledge, uh, whether it be old world like Tataria type stuff or modern day politics. If I'm not mistaken, she held a seat on the Council on Foreign Relations. So why isn't she controlled opposition? I can't tell you if she is or not. I'm just saying these are things that we have to think about. Oftentimes, these people that look so great, like Donald Trump, end up being Trojan horses, whether it's their family that's compromising them or whether it's their own deeds that have made them ineffective. It's interesting, and it's it's something that we have to pay attention to. Now, Trump makes us hate both sides. He, he really does make us hate the establishment, you know, the RNC and the DNC, the establishment politics. This is why we call them the Republicrats, the Uniparty, whatever you want to say. And what does that do? It makes us as right-leaning people as conservatives as populists it makes us say well let's get out all the incumbents i'll tell you right now it's just not possible in one year now sure we can take several voting cycles and we can make this happen i'm sure 
uh, more and more people can can run. I heard Dr. Oz is running, and he is a rhino. For the record, he's a rhino. He's going to run as a Republican if he ends up running. Um, but, I mean, this is another Hollywood guy, man. Democrats are still very united. You know, whether they're they're united under the Democrat name, whether they're liberal, which, you know, I'm all for liberalism. I think liberalism, true liberalism is good. Um, But you have conservatives, old school conservatives, people like I just started listening to Stu Peters. I'm actually going to play a couple clips from the Stu Peters show where he talks with a, a doctor that really ties in Lyme disease with what I'm about to get into here with the Brucell and the brucellosis. And it's fascinating that these guys don't see a difference between vaccine mandates and banning abortion. Now, I think abortion is wrong. I think that it's very, very messed up. It's sad. I think it's a tragedy every time that someone has an abortion, unless it's that 1% circumstance where someone is raped, whether it's incest, whatever. It's, it's tragic. But at the same time, people do need to be responsible. If you're going around and you're fucking, you need to be responsible. And if you, uh, you know, if there's if there's a baby is created, be an adult, you know, go through with it. Uh, either that or tie your tubes or, or get a vasectomy. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want to get on a soapbox about that. But you have this whole abortion debate popping up again. And if they overturn the Roe v. Wade thing, if abortion is made illegal, it will set a precedent for mandatory vaccines because bodily autonomy is gone at that point. That's the whole point about being free. Sometimes things are going to happen that you don't like. Like I said, I mentioned that right before I started talking about this. I'm not a fan of abortion. I think it's wrong. I think it's sad. But that doesn't mean that people shouldn't be allowed to do it, right? Now, think about that, right? I'm not saying that you should be able to go and murder. However, I think that people can can do whatever they want. But there are consequences. If you go out and you murder somebody, sure, there's a consequence. You do jail time, this, that, whatever. I can't say that a fetus is a person 100%. Now, I may not know the facts and, you know, more of my right-leaning listeners may may think that this is blasphemous to to talk about. But we got to think about this from a freedom-loving perspective. True liberalism. If it's not hurting me, it's not hurting you. It's not hurting anyone other than this unborn person, which let's face it, they're not conscious yet. You know, I just saw a, a rule passed in um or a law, I think it was in the UK. One of my buddies sent me sent it to me. He wants he doesn't want to be mentioned. I already know he's been on the show, but he doesn't want to be mentioned. Um, where where crustaceans and octopuses, octopi, I guess, are now known as sentient beings um, because they feel pain. Now every animal feels pain, so I feel like this is another slippery slope. Plants feel pain. This is proven. Um doesn't mean that you're not allowed to cut down a tree. So, you know, we have to we have to compromise. The real solutions to all of our problems are somewhere in the middle of the right and the left. I do not like abortion, but it should be illegal. I do not want vaccines to be forced on anyone. I want bodily autonomy. Body autonomy. Bodily autonomy. Um 
this is what happens when I try to sound smart is it just like it comes out wrong. But I hope that you see what I'm saying here. I'm not trying to alienate anybody. Um, I do. I'm not going to lie. I judge people a little bit um, when when they say that they've had an abortion. I think that it's fucked up. It is. It's sad. And it's very weird to fight for it. But at the same time, that is freedom. It's freedom. Being able to do what you want with your own body. Smoking vapes. I think it's goofy looking. I think it's bad for you still. You should be able to do it. Drinking booze. I enjoy that. I should be able to do it, even though I know it's bad for me. Eating a McDonald's burger, as gross as they are, do it up. Okay. With that out of the way, um, just think about that concept where the Republicans and the populists are being divided up. I think that that may be one of Trump's many purposes for being installed was because he needed to get this new movement going. They can root out the people that are freedom, independent, quote, independent thinkers. A lot of these people really don't think that independently, like the QAnon people. No independence in thought there. But uh, very, very interesting. So I, I want to get into this stuff because this is going to be a longer than normal episode. If you're not on Patreon, you're not even going to notice a big difference in uh, the length because I've got a lot to uh, to get into. And uh, before I talk about Brucella and brucellosis, I want to read a passage uh, from the Bible. No, from, I want to read a, a little section from this book, The Trillion Dollar Conspiracy by Jim Mars. Um, the Trillion Dollar Conspiracy, How the New World Order, Man-Made Banks, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, How the New World Order, Man-Made Diseases, and Zombie Banks are Destroying America. This is where I learned about Brucella and brucellosis. And the author, Jim Mars, breaks it down in a way that even a dummy like myself can understand and, and can hopefully articulate to all of you in um in an effective way, because there is something up with this vaccine. There's something up with it. We know this, but is it one goal or is there, does the vaccine serve many purposes? So um, I'm going to get into brucellosis, but I want to lay down a foundation of what the heck started all this. So this pat, this uh, little, little section in this book, is Nazis and Japanese biological warfare. And it's a little longer. It should take me about three, four, five minutes to read. Um, But here we go. So I I think it's very, very uh, important here. In the wake of World War II, thousands of diehard Nazis were arriving in the United States thanks to the technology for immunity swap arranged arranged between Hitler's right-hand man, Martin Bormann, and America's Wall Street elite which included uh, John J. McCloy and his protege, Alan Dulles. You may have heard that name before. According to the Dr. Len G. Horowitz, his research, the WHO, the World Health Organization, was heavily funded and influenced by the Rockefeller family, along with the United Nations and the World Bank. And... The fact that John D. Rockefeller's business managers and lawyers, John Foster and Alan Dulles, those are brothers, had created the partnership between the world's largest oil conglomerate and IG Farben. Now, for those that may not know, IG Farben created Zyklon B, which was the gas used to kill the Nazis. Major, major German pharmaceutical company uh, under Nazi control. Germany's leading industrial operation prior to World War II. So... 
Before the war, Attorney McCloy had represented the IG Farben drug combine. In The Rise of the Fourth Reich, which, if I'm not mistaken, is another book by Jim Mars, the same author of this book, it was detailed how uh, the Dulles brothers and their pre-war work for Schroeder, Rockefeller and Company, City National Bank Chairman John J. McCloy, who was the Secretary of War, and the Union Banking Corporation Director Prescott Bush, big fan of him, acted in a principal agents as principal principal agents for Hitler's Germany. It may also be noted that the UN building in New York City sits on Rockefeller donated land. Okay, so we're seeing the connections just start to play out here. McCloy, who served as High Commissioner in post-war Germany, also was chairman of the Ford Foundation, Chase Manhattan Bank, and the Salk Institute. Salk's, of course, the creator of the polio vaccine, really kind of thrust vaccines forward, and E.R. Squibb and Sons, and the powerful Council on Foreign Relations, described in the New York Times as a group that fixes major goals and constitutes itself a ready player, uh, I'm sorry, a ready pool of manpower for the more exacting labors of leadership. In his 1989 Times obituary, McCloy was termed chairman of the establishment, the Council on Foreign Relations. Through, uh, though U.S. lawmakers were in place to forbid post-war Germans from uh, conducting research on chemical warfare, these were largely ignored as John McCloy hired experts as consultants, in quotes, and helped fund German in- industries to produce chemical warfare materials for the American military. At this time, Alan Dulles was named director of the CIA. Okay. Um, prior to the war, he had served as legal representative of the Nazi Schroeder Bank and um, uh, of the Nazi Schroeder Bank. And then during the war as an officer for the uh, Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, the um, the predecessor of the CIA, right? Where he supervised army intelligence translator, Henry Kissinger, who would go on to become secretary of state under president Richard Nixon. It was Dulles as the head of the CIA who expunged many paperclip scientists, Nazi backgrounds. Now, during this time, Werner von Braun long considered the father of the NASA space program and other top rocket scientists entered the country along with Walter Emil Schreiber, the uh, chief of Nazi medical science and uh, who had supervised the sterilization of men using surgery, x-rays and drugs and had overseen the exchange of humans and mice as recipients of a deadly typhus virus. Despite being described as the prototype of um, an ardent and convinced Nazi, Schreiber worked as uh, worked for a decade in the chemical division of the U.S. European Command, and for a time at the Air Force School of Aviation, Medicine in Texas. Another German immigrant, Kurt Blome, told U.S. military interrogators in 1945 that he had been ordered in 1943 to experiment with plague vaccines on concentration camp prisoners. Blome went on to work for the U.S. Army Chemical Corps these ty- uh, I'm sorry, these Nazis were joined at Fort Detrick, ran by Merck, 
which I'll get into. Merck was, uh, uh, not to get sidetracked here, but Merck is, of course, making that pill that Tulsi Gabbard is acting like she's going against, right? Oldest pharmaceutical company in, in the world, if I'm not mistaken, that's still standing. Uh, definitely in the U.S., though. But these Nazis were joined at Fort Detrick by Japanese General Ishii Shiro, the man in charge of the infamous Unit 731. Bad, bad place. The Japanese Biological Research and Development Unit responsible for the deaths of 3,000 people, including American prisoners. It was the work of such enemy researchers that was continued and expanded in the United States following World War II. That may have resulted in many recent health disasters. Okay, so this is where we get into mycoplasma and the brucella and all this crazy shit. Okay, brucellosis is uh, it's a very, very scary thing. So, uh, man, in the early 40s, the Nazi medical scientists isolated this bacterial toxin from brucella bacteria. Again, this, this is called brucellosis found mostly in cows. Okay, but also in other mammals. And they formed a crystalline agent out of its natural form. And it's a type of zoonosis, meaning it comes from infected animal exposure and oftentimes from consuming infected milk. Now, not to get too derailed right away, but speaking of milk, okay, according to multiple medical and pharma sites, most recently the uh, pharmacypracticenews.com site, breast milk in infected mothers (laughs) has massive levels of antibodies. Get me a pregnant woman. Right. I mean, we need we need breast milk. See, this is what's weird, too, about like there is something very, very weird about like animals being the only, or humans being the only mammals that that drink um, fucking milk from other mammals. It's it's kind of gross when you think about it. But at the same time, I'm not trying to drink any breast milk. But supposedly, according to this research, it's um, it's it's pretty legit. Interestingly, I think maybe not so much. Uh, women that got sick and recovered had higher levels of antibodies than vax women. So out of 77 tested, the 47 recovered beat out the 30 vaxxed in this study. So the, the, the 47 had higher antibodies than the 30 vaccinated mothers. Um, and there's been lots of theories that cow milk can also help fight and prevent COVID um, because of the vitamin D levels and, and some of the things that are in there. Um, so just one of many, many parallels here between the milk and the, the fighting of the, the problems and all this shit. It's fascinating. Uh, but a lot of experts on mycoplasma and brucella think almost everyone on Earth is infected with this brucella. And its symptoms manifest in very, very different ways, usually having uh, an incubation period of two to four weeks. Now, remember when this whole thing came out? Remember that when when they were saying like, Everyone was really taken back by the f- by the possibility, by the theory that the the fucking uh, incubation period of COVID was fourteen days. I mean, people were like, "What? That this makes no sense." Now, this is the same thing as brucella, and again, this is this is something that the Nazis were working on. Now, it turns out that the you know the World Health Organization, the NIH, they were wrong about COVID's incubation period. But it's almost like they had a list of symptoms and time frames that they wanted to fulfill. And they thought that COVID was going to do it, but it's not exactly working how they had planned uh, by some grace. I think that this is clearly what's going on here, though. Now, that's where the vaccines come in. And I think you'll see several similarities with the vaccines 
and COVID as a whole with this old Nazi bioweapon. Now, I mentioned brucella and brucellosis, but brucellosis is an ancient bacteria. It was chosen by the Nazis to isolate because it's very hard to detect in mammals' bodies. And it's found in almost every organ in the human body in a uh, a retroactive form, kind of like cancer, right? Um, I, I guess it's like cancer where everybody can develop it, but because it's it, it's really a growing of certain cells and altering of DNA, which, well, shit, I mean, that's what mRNA vaccines do, right? They, they alter our DNA. Brucella alters our DNA. Brucellosis alters our DNA. Cancer does it too. There's a lot of things here. And when brucella is activated by the synthetic version introduced to the body, it can trigger a variety of disease and disorders um, in whatever body it's introduced to. So making the comparison again to cancer, right? Rather than growing a tumor, it manifests as symptoms at first, of course, right? It'll change into other things later, but you get your symptoms and these symptoms often trigger permanent cell manipulation and damage in the body. Now, initial common symptoms, get this, fever, extreme fatigue, shivering, aches, both back and body, headaches, right? Sweats, weakness, possibly depression as well. Sounds a lot like COVID to me right? But long-lasting conditions that the Nazis found with all their research included arthritis, multiple sclerosis, MS, heart disease, and interestingly, these conditions seem to fall in line with the pre-existing conditions aspect. Heart disease is a major one. Now, that put people, all these things put people at risk, And it's just very, very, there's too many parallels here to not at least acknowledge that this is something that possibly the elite of today just got from the Nazis. A lot of our fucking good technology came from the military and the Nazis, unfortunately. It's just the way that it is. Um, But yeah, the the arthritis, I haven't heard too many people, uh, you know, with arthritis coming down with, with things, but I know that, you know, my parents both got pretty darn sick when they got COVID. Um, this is after, you know, they, they listed quite a few variants. Uh, they got it this year, earlier this year, a couple months ago, and they were affected pretty bad, man. So it's, uh, it's scary for sure. But, um, I don't know if I've even, if I've been missing something, but you really don't hear many of these experts. I haven't heard one expert saying anything about COVID that they're talking about brucella and brucellosis. I haven't heard any of that. Um, but I, I might, like I said, I might've missed something. But no one's mentioned the hard facts, not not theory. These are not theories here. The, the Nazis were spending serious amounts of time trying to perfect this exact form of biological warfare, something that's hard to detect, something that isn't detected with traditional medical equipment, and something that really won't kill people all at once. It kills people in waves. This is the perfect bioweapon. I've said this before. Now, they're all just saying the same shit, all these experts, right? It's almost like they're just there just to kind of, you know, shut out this dramatic, more more interesting information, more real information. Uh, But they want to put out, uh, you know, crazy shit that, you know, the nanobot technology is very interesting. Uh, I'm going to play probably in the Patreon. I'll get to it. uh, A very interesting clip uh, with it from a doctor that that has serious knowledge about what's going on. 
Um, and then another individual who has like some 5,000, uh, 5,000 fucking different, uh, aspects of, of or uh, 5,000 different files, uh, you know, different documents that were disclosed and, and she got her access on these, you know, a matter of fact, I'll play her real quick right now because she, she, uh, fights for Lyme disease. Her name is Karma Newberry and she's trying to expose that. Lyme disease and other autoimmune type deals come from the military and the testing. So if you live in a rural area, you're higher at risk for all of these, um, you know, weird experiments. And she's actually the individual that I learned um, that that Merck ran Fort Detrick. Um, she's very, very knowledgeable with this stuff. And uh, again, Karma Newberry. But do you remember, too, you know, I've talked about. American horror story that that uh first half of this newer season that the woman in there the lady was terrified of Lyme disease being out in this desolate area I mean there and it's it's just eerie when when you know there's these zombies out there that are eating people when they're not creative right they they turn into zombies I don't know if you've seen it not to spoil anything but um they go to Cape Cod when no one's there. So there's apparently there's a certain time of year where no one's really at, at Cape Cod and they're there. It's desolate. It's, it has a very rural feel and she's terrified of Lyme disease. So that's what this woman's talking about. But the parallels between what I'm laying out here and Lyme disease and all these other disorders are, are on point. I mean, almost to a T. So uh, here is uh Carmen Newberry here talking about, Lyme disease and how she may have been affected by it. It sounds just like Brucella. And this is on uh, Stu Peters podcast. It's very frustrating because I've gone to 20 attorney firms across the country um, and very high powered attorney firms. And not one of them is even interested in looking at our proof, right? All of them, they won't even look at our proof. And, and when I say we have a lot, we have only gotten through about three to 5% of all of the documents that we got from a scientist that got hired by the U S government in the fifties to bioweaponize bugs. And he turned over these documents to an adjunct professor at BYU weeks before he died of cancer himself. And he left a note at the top of the boxes, the 10 boxes of classified documents that, that read, I always wondered why somebody didn't do anything until I figured out I was somebody. But the problem is with Americans is we can't wait until our deathbed to stand up for our rights and demand us to get our butts in the street and and take these people down that are destroying our country. Weaponized bugs, she talks about. And and I mean, chemtrails are a massive way that they spread this stuff, man. So uh, moving on with what I was saying, um, when the Nazis ended up coming over here under paperclip, they brought the toxin with them. They brought this brucellosis um, under the threat of execution, probably. Right. I mean, like they have to bring over their bioweapons as well. Otherwise, they're just going to get slaughtered. And the type of toxin here is unique because it doesn't have a cell wall. That's from this book. Again, the trillion dollar conspiracy um, doesn't have a cell wall. It, it evolved to learn that it, it could go undetected. Uh, without having a cell wall, could hack into the the other cells. Um, so if, this is what makes it fall into the mycoplasma genus. Hence, 
why this is a mycoplasma attack. That's what the section of this book is. So to be clear here, because I know this is very confusing and I'm not the best at explaining things, but the Nazis took an ancient, deadly, natural bacteria that occurs in animals and made it synthetic. They made a synthetic version that could be recreated over and over again. It's a bioweapon. Now, remember, people were thinking that this whole thing came from a bat. That could very likely be the case, but it probably didn't come from a wild bat. It probably came from bat DNA, right? Now, this is the first time something like this had been done on record throughout human history. For all that I know and from what I understand from what Jim Mars is talking about in this book, no one has taken a natural occurring disease up until the point of this, again, back in World War II, taken a natural disease and uh, weaponized it intentionally. Now, there had been like anthrax and things like this. I don't know when anthrax came around, but of course, there's synthetic poisons. Um, But taking something like this that's very hard to detect, a mycoplasma, meaning a cell without a wall, um, this is why, you know, I think that this is why doctors don't really know what's going on. The good, the good doctors, right? Because of course, there's good doctors, there's good nurses, and they get so caught up in it because they're being told they're heroes and blah blah blah. But they don't. I'm sure that most doctors don't know about mycoplasma. Most doctors don't know. I'm not saying that I'm some fucking genius. I just read this in this book. For all I know, this is not even real, right? And by the way, I should take this opportunity to say none of this is medical advice, okay? Um, and I'm not. I'm not even acting like. We'll just say for the sake of uh, you know, being shot. Uh, all this is fake. Okay. None of what I'm saying is real. We'll just get that out there get that out of the way. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it's just very, very interesting when you, when you really dig into it. Now, even the Nazis and the documents, uh, containing all this information, uh, they say the most efficient method of spreading, kind of like what that, what, uh, what Karma Newberry did, said, the most effective way of spreading it is through, you know, aerosol injections or infected insects right maybe infected mice even or just animals of any kinds ticks um mosquitoes another thing to take note of right so it's you know they did the whole deal where they uh they messed with all the fucking mosquitoes in florida and the keys and the reason i know that is because there was a a listener early on that worked with mosquitoes in in key west florida and uh, she was talking about, yeah, we're going to, you know, uh, genetically modify all these mosquitoes. And she saw it as a net positive. And, you know, I, she knows more about it than me. But it seems like they're following the Nazi, the Nazi methodology. And most people working for these companies don't want to admit that they may be fucking things up. And I'm not saying she was at all. But I'm saying, like, does she know about this? Does anyone know about this? Does anyone know really that? Obviously, people know that bugs have been modified to spread disease. It's a very effective way to do it. You can't kill a bunch of mosquitoes the same way that you can kill a bunch of humans with a nuke, right? So very, very insidious way to infect populations. And the way that the that the uh, symptoms manifest themselves is, is fascinating. So... Um, as I mentioned, this brucellosis is virtually undetectable with conventional testing, conventional being the key word. All the t- conventional testing techniques don't don't register this brucellosis because of the lack of the cell wall and how it attaches to other cells. It doesn't kill those cells. It lives off of those cells. 
and it can live for generations, honestly. And because they're undetectable by normal methodology, normal testing uh, methods, they tend to really be fatal, honestly, right? Uh, especially back back in the 40s because they would leave lasting effects on brain and neural tissue. And this is what we're seeing now with COVID. I mean, you know, my my parents both got sick. My dad, if I'm not mistaken, he still can't smell. That's a, that's a neural issue. That's something wrong with your nervous system because you can't smell properly. Um, but our bodies have evolved since then and since that research was conducted uh, under the Third Reich, obviously, right? And it's interesting to think that these jabs may either be giving us this mycoplasma to kill us or they may be making it so that we are uh, in a constant state of sickness is my is my second option here. Uh, but we don't die from the mycoplasma. It just makes us need to be on the system. We need to take more boosters. We need to do this, that, and the other to stay just healthy enough to operate. Um, and then, you know, out of these three options that I'm laying out here, the least likely option, in my opinion, um, it's a real tool to make our bodies fight possible future biological attacks. That could be a possibility. We can't leave that off the table here. Um, but it's clear, and you'll see this, you'll see this later, that there is some nanotechnology in the vaccines. At the very least, there's nano-sized razor blade type objects in the graphene that cut up your red blood cells and uh, yeah it's it's very very weird uh this is uh the doctor that talks about that and i think your name's like amari love or dr amari love or some shit and uh it's a hot name and she's not hot but yeah very fascinating chick that that talks about this so uh but these little bacteria have names other than mycoplasma and brucellosis talking prions which we've heard Stealth viruses, amyloids, and this Stanley uh, Prussiner, the Nobel Prize wing, uh, winner that called them prions at first. He was the first dude that kind of coined that term prions, wrote a paper discussing how these are really unprecedented infectious pathogens that cause fatal neurodegenerative diseases by an entirely novel method. When have we heard that novel method before? in altering the body's proteins and prion diseases may present as genetic infectious or sporadic disorders. Okay. Now, all of which of those three that I mentioned, genetic infectious and sporadic, they all involve modification of the prion protein. So these viruses themselves, again, developed by the Nazis alter the human DNA and it's irreversibly going to damage the body, uh, ultimately leading to brain damage, permanent health complications, and so on. And it's interesting, too, you know, Joe Biden, he was on record saying this year that within 10 years, all the hospital beds are going to be filled with Alzheimer's patients. And this is one of the one of the many, many ways that brucella, the synthesized version of brucella being brucellosis, can manifest into the body. You can be forgetful. You can have Alzheimer's, literally. I mean, Parkinson's is part of it. Cancer is possibly even part of it. HIV. A lot of different disorders. Um, what the fuck's the plan here, man? What is the plan here? 
it's clear, even by the CDC's own admission and big pharma, their own admission, these shots aren't vaccines. They're gene manipulation. Again, what is the fucking plan? Your guess is as good as mine, but I, I haven't heard anyone speak about this. So that's why, again, what this podcast is supposed to do is float an idea to you and maybe it'll spark something in your head or you'll have some knowledge that I don't have and you can get back to me. And you can tell me, like, this is this is what this might be, blah, blah, blah. Now, I want to play two clips before I get into my conversation with Nick out of Australia. Really, really great dude, man. Uh, again, fascinating, fascinating stuff. It's more about the restrictions there. And I think that we can expect to see a lot of these things come over to the U.S. Um, so stick around for that. After that, uh, the free portion is going to wrap up. And we're going to head over to Patreon. You can get the rest of this stuff. I've got a lot of other uh, going to go way, way deeper into Brucella and brucellosis and this whole Nazi bioweapon, literally a Nazi bioweapon, not fake bullshit. Um, but before that, I do want to play these two clips. It's one it, uh, this again. This is from the Stu Peter show, um, a new podcast that I've just been getting into. And he's got great guests on there again, even more conservative than I would like to be myself. I think that it's, uh, you know, kind of a double standard when you say that we shouldn't have vax mandates, but we should have abortions. I think that that's a little goofy. Um, they will say that it's killing babies, but I, I would, I would say if um, I would ask Stu Peters this, okay. And anyone else that really thinks that you're literally killing babies. If you think that Planned Parenthood is really killing babies, you should be outside of one of the facilities every single day and you should kill. No, well, Never mind. You should. We'll we'll scratch that from the record. You should you should be protesting outside of a Planned Parenthood every single day if you think that that's what it is. Even if you have a job, because is your job more important than killing actual live babies? I mean, what are we talking about here? This is just one of those hot button issues that is intentionally contrived to divide people up. Um, there's some comedian that has a joke where it's like if if this side of the aisle really thinks that they're killing babies, they're being pretty cool about it. They're just picketing. I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. No one really cares. Uh, some people act like they care because it's a virtue signal. Both sides virtue signal, man. Um, so I don't I, I can I can fucking talk about that all day because it's it's a severe double standard. But I'm going to play these two clips. I'm going to play the first one in, in its entirety. It's uh, it's a couple minutes long. And then I'm going to play the second portion and I'm going to interrupt it. I'm going to kind of interject and, and talk about some of the things that she's saying, because I feel like it's very important. So here's the first half of the clip from what is this doctor's name again? Me. Uh, yeah. Dr. Ariana Love. That's what I said. Right. Um, so, yeah, she she talks uh, for a little while here and it's fascinating stuff. Talks about. uh the COVID vaccine, some of the discoveries that she has found personally, and she talks with a massive, massive show, Stu Peters, and uh, check it out. Uh, this first one's going to go interrupted, then I will uh, play the second. Right. Okay. So I found graphene oxide in the shots. It's in the Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. It's listed in the patents. Um, they're hydrogels. Hydrogels are made from graphene oxide, and the hydrogels are listed in the Moderna patent. They're patented under US 8415325B2. That's the name of the patent. Um, the hydrogels, they were developed by DARPA. And get this, Pfizer, Moderna, and BioNTech developed 
the hydrogels for the ballistic delivery of mRNA technology. So the hydrogels contain the entire weapons system, and this, which is now being directed against the human population. So also the quantum dots are mentioned in the Moderna patent, and these are made from graphene oxide. So graphene oxide, 100%, is in the shots. It's in the patents. That's irrefutable. Um, also, this is what I found. All of the patents mentioned mention gene deletion. So I talked about this previously, um, just two of the patents, but I mean the two of the shots, but now all of them, gene deletion, it's 100%. Um, all of the COVID patents except for one mentioned that they're coding human cells with a synthetic DNA, which is known as complementary DNA or cDNA. Um, this is because, okay, naturally occurring DNA cannot be patented, right? But this, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 2013 that cDNA can be patented. So the Supreme Court document says that scientists added four plasmids to bacterium. And I already mentioned previously that the, um, the base for these chimeric bioweapons is E. coli and, and bacteria plasmids. Um, so I found E. coli listed in most of the patents. There we go. There's the proof. I mean, it's just more proof. Um, they, but these are antibiotic-resistant bacteria. You can't kill them with antibiotics. You have to use other means, but you can kill them. Hence the ivermectin, right? Hence these monoclonal antibodies. This is why antibiotics don't really work for this whole thing. So you start to see another side of this. Clearly, there is something to be said about what technology is in these vaccines. And Joe from Legit Bat, uh, the Legit Bat podcast, which is absolutely something you should check out. If you've got Rockfin, they're on there. He's always doing this thing with his wife, Jen, and then uh, his brother, Ben, hops on there uh, most of the time as well. And they they have a, a lot of different conversations about all kinds of different topics. And he sent this little group chat that I'm in with Ron from New England of Wicked Planet as well. Uh, we talked about or he sent this this NIH. It's from the NIH that there is proof that COVID has some sort of connection to 5G, like legitimately a, a serious connection. I'll fucking pull up the article right here. There's some something going on here because all of these things were floated as conspiracy theories we were meant to be looking like we're crazy if we thought that 5g was potentially causing covid you remember they were starting fucking 5g in wuhan this is where fucking corona came from so the title of this article on uh on uh the nih's website is I pulled up the wrong article here. See, this is how professional we do things very clean over here and we make sure that everyone is just, uh, you know, staying on their toes. This is how we do it. So this is the NIH's website. The website is ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. And it's interesting. I actually cited a, a one of the uh, an article from the same site, but the title of the article on the NIH's government website is evidence for a connection between coronavirus disease 19 and exposure to radio frequency radiation from wireless communications, including 5G. There we go. I mean, this is on the NIH's website. So, I mean, I know that um, Joe's probably going to mention that on one of his Rockfin streams. Um, check that out. 
they're probably going to talk about it in depth. I may talk about it a little more in depth. This this topic here spawned so many other ideas uh, for episodes in the future. Henry Kissinger being one kind of fucking dumbfounded that I haven't done an episode on Henry Kissinger. yet a deep dive. Uh, so I'm going to do something about that. Uh, so many things, man. The 5G connection again. I might bring back the 5G shirt because we just made the uh, coronavirus uh, band tour shirt. So, yeah, there's lots of um, lots of things going on, man. It's just you gotta it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if there's one agenda at play here or if there's multiple. So I want to continue this uh, this this little stream from uh, Dr. Ariana Love. Um, nice little audio clip. I'm going to pause this, though. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled that modified bacterium is patentable. The judges agree that cDNA is patent eligible. So that that means a plant, animal, or human can be patented and owned if genetically modified with cDNA. Now, the court ruling said that a patent could be asserted on a series of the 15 nucleotides that exist in the BCRA1 gene. Um, that is uh, by breaking the covalent bonds that connect the DNA to the rest of the human genome. That literally means snapping your DNA in half. So talking about breaking DNA making it so that it's not natural. Therefore, it is a product of the human race, of the elite, and they can own it. They can have a patent on DNA. And there is a serious, serious, like, you know, credible rumor, La Quinta Columna, the people that discovered that graphene oxide was in the vaccines, that a high percentage of vaccinated individuals give off a Bluetooth signal. What would this be used for? The Bluetooth signal would make it so that every single human being in the fucking world, everyone that takes one of these vaccines, one of these shots, because they're not vaccines, everyone that took one of these shots is traceable. Every single, just like how your phone has its own Bluetooth, you have your own Bluetooth. You're traceable. You're you're taxable. Uh, your your life, your breath, everything that you do, everything that you put in your body is taxed in one way or another, which I know that that's kind of the case right now, but this is another level. This is more and more surveillance. So they're taking what's natural, what's created by God or the universe or whatever you want to think, and they're making it so that they own that. I don't know what's more evil. This is what they're doing. And the BCR, uh, the BRCA1 gene is a human tumor suppressor gene responsible for, get this, repairing damaged DNA. So all the COVID shots, they're gen- deleting genes, they're genetically modifying humans and m- turning humans into a species that is patentable. And this is according to a U.S. Supreme Court ruling. So you can eliminate the entire um, species, to an entire species of anything using the CRISPR-Cas9. Or you can um, completely remove genetic traits in the human being, which is what these elites are now doing. So I found the lentivirus vector, which we spoke about earlier. It is a Fauci funded from, uh, it is the Fauci funded Wuhan bioweapon, right? The lentivirus. Mm-hmm. It contains the HIV 1 through 3, the SARS, MERS, and the um, AIDS inducing SRV1 chimeric proteins. Now, virus in the Moderna patent, the, J- the Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, and Oxford patents. But guess what? The HIV 1 bioweapon it is patented and owned by anthony fauci so he okay so anthony fauci literally owns the bioweapon that that is in my opinion created off of nazi technology 
So people that are still behind this guy and think that he is anything but his own interest in mind here are either fucking stupid or they are an asshole and they are exactly what is wrong with not only the country, but the world. Okay. It's a serious problem to think that Anthony Fauci is actually trying to do something to help you, to keep you safe. There is no reason that this guy should not be in prison. No reason. Okay. Now, I don't know how I don't know how else to say it, man. It's it's fucked. It's very, very messed up. The guy I, I just found out too that he uh not only did the experiments on dogs, on, on cute little beagle puppies, giving them uh parasites that ate them from the inside out, he did AIDS experiments on foster kids. Some of them were infants, and this came to fruition in 2005. I believe it was in 89 when he ran these experiments. Um, taking foster kids, allegedly giving them HIV. I don't know if he gave them HIV or if he took AIDS and HIV infected kids and babies and gave them experimental treatments that just killed them. And that's what's fucked up is that no one cares about these kids. No one cares about foster kids. You can say that you do, but I mean, unless you're running a foster house, no one cares about these kids. And I don't expect you to care about me, honestly. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't care about anyone that I don't really know personally, right? And I think that that's realistic. People need to be more realistic. And if you, if you're not comfortable with being realistic, then change your reality, change what, change the way that you feel about other people um, and the way that you act regarding other people's safety, their autonomy, you know, all this shit, man. It's fucking disgusting, but no one cares about these damn kids. And so Fauci takes them and he does these experiments. It's tragic. He's got his hands in all of this. And he really needs to be restrained. And for this vaccine holocaust, he's, he's, he's a murderer. Okay, then the Pfizer patent names 30 gene deletions. And then it just says, etc. And then the Pfizer patent also mentions uh, gene 69 through 70 deletion and mutation. Now, Thermo Fishers did a study and released a study about this 69 through 70 gene deletion and mutation that says it causes a variant that is, quote, significantly more transmissible than, than previously circulating variants. So this proves that they are creating the variants with their death jabs. So Pfizer patent mentions gene one four. Okay, did you hear that? I'll rewind that just a little bit. But did you hear that? I mean, I don't know if you remember. I may have not even said this on the show. My father, who's not the biggest conspiracy theorist, he's somewhat conspiratorial, but not, you know, he doesn't go too crazy with the stuff. Um. He was saying, you know, I, I didn't know anyone back in, you know, 2020 that had COVID, you know, I actually had it back in January of 2020. I, I never confirmed that, but I've been around COVID several, several, several times. Um, I rode in a, in a, um, I didn't ride in a car. I sat in a waiting room of a COVID infected fucking, uh, hospital right next to my father who had COVID confirmed, didn't catch it in there because I had already had it back in January of 2020 because I was sick as shit. 
you know, it, it felt like a horrible flu. I was sweating. I fell asleep with ice bags on my head. It's the first time in my life I'd ever done that. So I was sick already. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good now and, and it, you know, I'm thankful for it, but man, there is a, there's a fucking problem with the idea. Um, like I said, my dad saying that no one had COVID and then it went from him not knowing anyone that had it to everyone he knew having it. Right. A lot of fucking people having it. My cousins, all kinds of family members having it all at the same damn time. Um, so what what Dr. Love is saying here makes a lot of sense. And she has the research to back it up. They're creating the variants through the vaccines and the boosters. If everyone stopped getting boosters, these new variants wouldn't be popping up. And the variants probably aren't even fucking real in the first place. But they wouldn't have any logical way to say that these variants are popping up if people just only stopped getting the fucking boosters and the jabs in general study about this 69 through 70 gene deletion and mutation he that says it causes a variant that is quote significantly more transmissible than than previously circulating variants so i replayed that so this proves that they are creating the variants with their death jabs so Pfizer patent mentions gene 144 deletion, which causes rapid cancer growth. I found a patent for a combo kit PCR that test that mentions gene deletion. So imagine that the, te- the tests are also inducing these, you know, this using hydrogels and inducing the um, putting the bioweapons into the brain for gene deletion. Um, the Pfizer patent mentions the XY chromosome inversions. And if you invert the sex genes, it causes sterility. And this may explain the transgender mania. Wow. For, you know, right. Um, Pfizer, Moderna and patent also mention uh, bromide as an ingredient. This is a corrosive and it causes severe eye damage. Mm. Then the Pfizer patent mentions um, propane as an ingredient. It lists uh Propane is listed as a flammable hazardous substance, according to OSHA, and it can be lethal. It's poisonous when inhaled or swallowed, but now they're injecting it into our kids. Uh, Propane is an asphyxiating gas, and that means that it will displace the oxygen in your lungs, making it difficult or impossible to breathe. Okay, so the... Okay, so bromine or bromide, whatever she said, that it fucks your eyes up. This is a wild thought. And then after this, we're going to move into the conversation that I had with Nick from Australia. Um, what if everyone's supposed to be blind and Neuralink is going to make it so that, you, that you're integrated into the metaverse? It's just a thought. If everyone has this blinding agent and fucking propane, propane heats my damn house. I mean, come on. <laughs> that can't be good to put in. I don't care what quantity you're putting it in. So... Just some things to think about, guys. I'm presenting the case personally that brucella is what's behind this. Brucella and brucellosis. That's what's behind the whole pandemic. The whole vaccine is, you know, because people are actually getting sick. The immune system is being attacked. They have to attack it in some way. But clearly, there's an even deeper agenda here. You gotta get people sick. You gotta have some deaths. It's gotta be somewhat convincing, right? But what's the end goal? 
Is it to get everyone linked up in a digital realm? Sure seems like it. It sure fucking seems like it. So anyway, guys, uh, here's my uh, conversation with Nick. All right, folks, really excited to talk with uh, Nick from Australia here. He's going to talk about some experiences going down. And, uh, you know, we hear nothing but horror stories over there, Nick. So uh, how are you doing? Like, I know you just got off work and you were generous to meet up with me real quick. So what's going on? Yeah, um, I'm going pretty well. Glad that I'm finished work for the for the week. Um, yeah, my my state hasn't been hasn't been the worst of it, but we're still still dealing with a little bit here. Where are you at exactly? So I'm in an area, uh, the Sunshine Coast, which is a couple of hours out of the capital city of uh, Queensland. Um, that's the northeast of of Australia. Okay. Um, I think we're the second largest state next to Western Australia. Um, but yeah, in my state, we had lockdowns initially. Um, they didn't last too long. They were, they were getting a little hectic. You know, we had police kind of enforcing mask mandates and stuff like that. Um, but that kind of died down a little bit. Um, and then the lockdowns eventually disappeared. What's surprised me though, is we've had the least amount of cases the whole time um i mean which is good obviously we haven't had to deal with um crazy laws and stuff but it's always just made me think like maybe they're saving us for last or something <laughs> well and that's the thing man so do you guys have more conservative and more liberal areas there in australia because i know like every every country in the western world seems to have like, you know, in the United States, it's obviously the liberal areas, the areas that you want to stay away from if you like freedom are California, New York. Uh, those are the biggest ones. You also have like the coastal states, Oregon, Washington seem to be pretty bad. Uh, Florida is one of the only exceptions. Um, but is is Queensland more of a conservative kind of, uh, you know, stand up for yourself kind of an area compared to, you know, Victoria and things like that? Yes, I, I would. I would probably. um I would probably say every state, like Western Australia, Northern Territory, South Australia, Queensland, which um, you were looking at a map before, and, and you would know that that makes up majority of Australia. Actually, include Tasmania in that as well. Um, I would say they're all the conservative states, and mm. I would say it's probably just New South Wales and Victoria that's uh, more more of the left leaning. Um, it's got that. I would say Melbourne's kind of got that California hipster. Uh, tech scene like that's that's kind of what's what's down there um and Ooh, interesting. they kind of seem to be the worst states uh, l- uh law-wise at the moment with mandates um with cases as well they've had the highest amount of cases uh new south wales and victoria and um victoria's also just passed this uh pandemic bill um they've got multiple names for it so i don't actually know the exact name for what it is um but it it sounds pretty scary i've just been sent uh some things from a mate that lives down there and mm. yeah it, it does not look good interesting man before we go too much further on i wanted you to kind of break down the territories and like maybe give them like a a scale of how bad they might be you know like a like a just like a bad middle or or good um 
And and what you're saying about Melbourne, it's like a little Silicon Silicon Valley, like they have the the tech scene, like technology is real big in that area. Yeah, so I'd say it's kind of shared between between Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. Um, okay. I, I personally, I, I've never actually been to Sydney or Melbourne. I've kind of been in my. I have actually left the country before, but I've, I've seen more of the world than I have of my own country. <laughs> That's um, cool, dude. Yeah, but having friends that live in in these areas and and family that have been to and from and and what we see in the media and stuff that and I mean even job advertisements as well um you can you can tell that's that's sort of the the vibe of that area you know um a lot of tech jobs a lot of finance jobs um, mm. it's got a lot of uh like hipster culture art scenes um that whole sort of thing you know that Really, I, I, I does feel I does feel like the Silicon Valley of Australia, to be honest. It's interesting, man, and I, I do know that most of the population lives around the coastal areas. I, from what I understand, a lot of y'all tend to stay away from the center of the of the country. Am I correct about that? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. Let's start with uh, with Western Australia, and let's just kind of move over. Like, you know, how how would you gauge these areas from what you've heard? Um. So Western Australia is is kind of a mining state. Um, I do have a mate that lives over there. He's in, he works in the mines, um, and recently, well, up until the last few months, it's it really did not seem that bad. Um, it's always been known because of, as you were saying, it's it's our largest state, and people only live around the coast of it. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of barren land. There's a lot of area. Um, that's that's free basically and people treat it like that they it, it but up until recently um yeah the laws got got pretty bad my friend who's in the mines uh he has a house that's supplied by the mine that he works for um and he, you know they brought in no jab no job um the date was getting closer and closer uh, and they basically told him the other week look you you need to get out of your house and you need mm. to leave if if you don't get it and uh, he went and, he went and got it um they kick you out of your house him. if you don't get it well his house that he lives in because he works in the mines and it's such a barren area the house that he lives in is owned by the mine gotcha okay. and they they rent it to him at a very discounted price um which you know it makes sense that they would be able to to kick him out i'm sure they've got some sort of contract sure. that says we can tell you to get out whenever mm. um so yeah he 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 went and got it um he's on a very high wage. So, I mean, I kind of understand like, I'm like, yeah, okay, dude, I know you earn a lot of money. Like that's your life out there. So it's tough, man. They seem to find ways that they can almost get everybody to, to bend the knee to this. I was trying to think of something that would make me do it. And I I can't think of anything too concrete uh, without like there being all kinds of things that fell in place, but who knows, man, I I'm pretty dead set in not willing to take it. I don't know how you feel about it. I can guess, but you know, um, yeah, it's none I mean, of my business. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty dead set on it. Um, I have looked into the Novovax um, vaccine as a possible last resort in the future. Um, it not being an mRNA uh, vaccine, it being it's a subunit va- vaccine. I think that's how it's it's um, said, which is a av- like just your classical style mm. vaccine. That um, okay. Novo, so, uh, you said it was. Uh, Novovax, yeah, it's being mm. tested in India at the moment. 
Okay. Um, and obviously that would be a last resort for me. And if I saw no side effects, but at the same time, I'd, there's not really a last resort. For, like I, I don't have anything that like I can think of, as you were saying that it's like, there's nothing that I would actually need to urgently do that. That would make me need to go and get it. So, you yeah. know, I feel the same as you. Um, my partner feels the same, which I'm surprised by. I thought, I thought she may end up getting it. She's been in the same, she does childcare. She's been in that industry for over a decade. Um, and yeah, they've basically told her, well, this is something I wanted to mention to you. Actually, they basically told her on the 17th, uh, will be her last day. You'll be terminated. Mm. Um, but they asked if she could put it in writing that she was leaving. And she said, no, um, like if, if you're going to terminate me for not having a vaccine, you need to say that you're going to terminate me for not having a vaccine. And they were kind of a bit thrown off by this. Um, and they, they didn't really go further with it that day. Anyway, she went in yesterday to work and they said, oh, we've, we've pulled all this information from the government and apparently, um, apparently places that are having trouble ref- refilling the staff that are leaving, um, we can keep them here as long as they test every day and they're allowed to, and they wear P- full PPE. And my partner's like, but yesterday you told me you were going to fire me and now you're saying that th- there's all these extra steps you can take and stuff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this might be a case, but it can only last for three months and then you get terminated. She's like, so basically, you're going to fire me. And they're saying, I can come back. I have to test. Wear full PPE only to get fired again in three months. And they're like, yeah. And she's like, no, like, you can terminate me like you were originally. She said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll test every day, but I'm not going to wear full PPE. I'm, I'm not a leper. You know, um, so. Is it the same deal there as it is here in the U.S.? If you, if you get fired under certain circumstances, you can collect uh, checks from the government? Well, you can collect checks from the government regardless um in most situations you can um this is more of a legal issue because it's not federally mandated and there's precedent set uh with other cases where people have won this case um it goes against fair work laws as well so it's it, it, it's being very like they're being very touch and go with what they say and what they don't say and at the same time the government's not giving them a concrete like, I mean, they're giving health. I think it's hospitals and teachers that they've they've given concrete. They've said this this industry absolutely no exemptions, but pretty much every other industry is is not getting told clearly what to do. So it, it is very weird, and that's the same case here. And so, like, no one can tell me that this isn't a global plan. It, it seems like every country in the Western world has a similar method of trying to scare people to quit so that the company's not you know obligated to to pay them um and then they're they just keep moving the needle it's that frog boiling in the pot analogy that's so tired at this point but it it still resonates very very true um i want to talk more about the geography and then i want to get into some of your stories here dude so what about uh i'm guessing that this northern territory uh what is that darwin or what is this just northern territory it's called Yes, that's the Northern Territory. Uh, Darwin's the capital city okay. of there. Um, it's, uh, to my knowledge, it's, not, it, it's probably one of the lower population states, um, but a large Aboriginal population there. Um, I know you've heard of it. I've, I've heard you speak about it on other episodes about the camps there. Um, that's all true. 
Wow. Um, I've been trying to disseminate because there's two different stories out. There's a story that they're all happy with it. It's fine. Like we're, we're being treated great. We're happy to go with it. And then I'm seeing another story where it's videos of groups of Aboriginals and elders just taking selfie videos that live out there saying that they're not all right with it, saying they were taken at gunpoint by the army. Um, like I said, I've never actually wow. been in the Northern Territory. For me to go there would be probably be like a 10 to 15 hour drive. It's not something I can just go check on. Um, it's so it's, it's, I'm still trying to disseminate what's actually true or not. But what is true is that it's happened. Um, I just don't know whether it was forced uh, or wanted. Um, so yeah, but I do yep. have something. Go ahead. I don't know if you did see it. Yeah. Sorry to um, interrupt there. Um, no, no, you're good, man. I have this article. Um, it's uh, just someone that came in. You might have seen it. It's someone that flew in from another country and they're in an Australian quarantine camp. And it's basically it details their their stay there. It's got pictures of everything in there. I mean, I don't, I don't need to go through. I can probably send it to you. And you can put it in the show notes or something okay. like that and, and go through it at another stage. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see what's going on there in inside there. And this looks to be completely verifiable as well. What's the have, gist of the article uh, for the listeners? Uh, so they're basically saying, I'll just pull it up quickly. So they've just got pictures of like all the food. Um, there's a brochure that you get when you're given there. It's told that you have to pay for your stay there. No matter what detainees <laughs> are charged 2,500 for their two week involuntary stay. Uh, wow. says, they have the internet there apparently, but it's presumably monitored. GPS is blocked. Um, yeah, let me just see if there's anything else that jumps. Dude, this out sounds here. like FEMA camps. This is something that you know people people in. Uh, and I know that there's actually something that is scheduled to be. There's a massive, massive camp. I, I would imagine it's being constructed there in the Northern Territory. Um, I think scheduled to be complete by 2024, 2025. Um, yeah. just the biggest camp out there. And that's what's what's disturbing to me, man, is, you know, obviously there's this, you know, all the Aboriginal people, whether it's in Australia, Canada, you know, we uh, we call them Native Americans over here. Um, yeah. They've been, you know, dicked around throughout their existence. You know, we have this weird system right now where it seems like the government and, you know, the more liberal minded people really want to try and care for these people and give them what they have been like wronged out of their entire existence throughout, you know, humanity. But it just seems like they're buttering them up just to really fuck them, man. Uh, that's a splitting image of what's happening here. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. it's actually surprising to hear you say that. Like I didn't like I knew I knew there's different things that happen with the Native Americans. Like they have um they're still allowed to hunt certain animals. They're allowed casinos and, and different things like that. Um, it's minus the casinos. Everything's the same here with ours. They're allowed to hunt certain animals. They've got all these weird like things that allow them to have a bunch of extra income and, and houses and grants and, and different things like that. Um, mm. Yeah, it's almost like a helicopter parents. Wow. Interesting, man. I don't know if you had more to say about the Northern Territory, but if not, um, I'd be happy to move to the Southern uh, Austra South Australia here. Yeah, no, no, nothing other than I'm just going to keep uh, doing a little bit of 
uh, informa- uh, research on it to see what's actually happening there. Whether okay. because I want to, I, I don't like working off things that aren't facts. I want to know if if it's true they were forced or not. So yeah, yeah, man, keep me posted, dude. I'll have you back on anytime if you hear anything, whether it's good or bad. You know, I, I'm very interested because it's it's sad, man. You know, I know that you guys don't have guns there, and that's a, a really that's a big point of concern for someone like you know myself who who really strongly believes in the American Second Amendment. So. We um, do, just not good ones. <laughs> oh, you do <laughs> have be, some firearms. Yeah, so you can get hunting rifles and stuff like that, but you can't get pistols. You can't get uh, fully automatic stuff or anything like that. It's just wow. your hunting sort of rifles, yeah. But you have to go through a strenuous process of licensing to get them. Interesting, because we, we hear the complete opposite of that. From what I understand, this was actually, I used to have a liberal co-host. that was my cousin on the show, and he would constantly cite Australia as a low crime area because they have no guns. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. very interesting. I mean, you can get anything on the black market. Of yeah. course, like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that, there's that. But in the way, in terms of legal, um, just hunting rifles. Fascinating. Okay. And, well, I mean, you can kill somebody with a hunting rifle. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, South Australia, then. What, what's going on there? Uh, I honestly haven't heard too much. I honestly haven't heard anything. Um, from South Australia. So but now that you mention it, it's, it's pretty surprising. Yeah. I honestly haven't heard anything about South Australia. Are there, are there really strenuous uh, like tech overlords there? Because like, you know, China obviously is the worst. You can't get any information out or in of China that isn't allowed. United States is becoming very, very interesting, but we still have access to tons of information. Where would you rank Australia? Um, you know, obviously China being one end of the spectrum, United States being the other end. Well, I mean, a lot of our real estate's owned by China. Uh, of course. A lot of food and dairy companies recently have been bought up by China. And one thing when it comes to the media is to remember Rupert Murdoch was born here and started everything here. And then, then he went to other countries. I did not so, know that. Yeah, so about 70% of our media is Rupert Murdoch owned, and that includes paper tv radio everything so wow and then he's very got a very strong grip on politicians as well i would imagine so So he's like your rockefeller yeah basically yeah rupert murdoch yeah he he started everything here and then then went out (laughs) fascinating Okay, well, yeah. we'll save we'll save your Queensland area for last. What about uh, Tasmania? I don't know if Tasmania is separate from uh, from Victoria, um, but yeah. So I, I haven't heard too much from there. Um, I do have a friend that lives there, um, and I haven't heard too much from him. I don't really get on Facebook these days. I was just getting into too many arguments, and yeah, that's just <laughs> a soul suck. <laughs> so I just I just stay off there now. Um, but from what I what I can see, it's pretty. It's actually kind of mirroring my state. So it's yeah, not not too bad. Middle of the road, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New South Wales. Um, well, New South Wales, in the beginning, uh, for the longest part, had the highest number of cases, and they were kind of the first to go into serious like lockdowns, uh, people coming in and out, quarantines, um, that sort of stuff. As far as I know, they've got a lot of mandates when it comes to work as well. Um, mm. Construction industry mandates that are you know, no jab, no work, that sort of thing. Um, but for the most part, it, it 
it seems to be calming down. Um, but, it, but it's hard to know because New South Wales has a big problem with politician corruption at the moment, and it's it is being called out and exposed. There's a lot of investigations. So as you can imagine, the media coming from there is very splitchy splotchy because they're trying to distract from certain things and then other people are trying to call out other politicians like Murdoch might have um, something against a certain politician that's being investigated and so he might just flood the media with that particular thing so to know exactly what's coming out of there is it's hard to know but yeah for the most part it it was like the kicking it it sort of kicked off that was where this all kicked off for Australia was New South Wales and Sydney and you said it's not terrible right now though yeah, it seems to be calming down now. But Interesting. It, it's it's hard to know for sure, um, just because of you've you've got so much infighting with with politicians there within their state parliament. Um, so yeah, the, the media is just very mixed there. Well, and I I think that you mentioned this at the beginning. This is a liberal air, a territory, correct? I would say so. Yeah. Because you have Sydney there, which is a massive city. And if I'm reading this map correctly, your nation's capital, uh, Canberra, is there? Canberra, yeah. yeah. Canberra? Okay. That's correct. Yeah. Sorry, I have like, like almost, own... I have like almost sorry, a Mexican I... way of pronouncing things because <laughs> I'm so close to Mexico here. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Canberra. Canberra, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's almost like its own little, almost like its own little state. It's almost yeah. like Washington, D.C., that's where our parliament house is in there. Yeah. Okay. That's where our like main uh, politicians are within Canberra. So that's where your uh, prime minister is what you have there. Correct. Um, I don't know if he lives there. I, I, okay. It's, it's not like the white house. It would almost be like, gotcha. it's like a, it's like a big governmental building where all the meetings are held. Um, yeah. Is that like the Capitol over there? Is that what, kind of where all the meetings are held? Washington DC is where the White House is and like you have the Capitol building. I mean, this is where their whole thing on January sixth went down with that they're trying to make it seem like the second nine eleven and you know, all this crazy stuff. It's uh so yeah, a, a lot of power is focused there. But you have yeah. very interesting areas in the US too. You have Boston, which seems to really be like the military industrial complex capital of the United okay. States. Um you got yeah, MIT wow. coming out of there and, and a lot of CIA kids uh go to MIT and Boston, Boston College, I think, is a big, big CIA recruitment area. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of that stuff's kind of transferring to California. And then even more recently, it's transferring over to Austin, uh, Austin, yep. Texas, which is a conservative state, which is scary. They're trying to turn like our reddest state, red meaning conservative. They're trying to turn this conservative state into a little California. Um, and once they do that, man, it's it's game over, dude. So it's interesting to kind of make the comparisons to Australia as an American. I've heard of Sydney, obviously I've heard of Melbourne. I've heard of Perth, I've heard of Darwin. I haven't heard of your capital. Um, so it's, it is, uh, I think that this is kind of a cool thing for people in Hobart, the, the capital of Tasmania, I'm sure more uh, uh, geographical minded people have heard of all these things, but you know, it's, it's interesting to, to talk about this stuff, but let's get into, did we hit all the territories there? Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's get Apart into some Melbourne. Your... What's that? Apart from uh, Victoria, which which I'm sure we're going to get into right now because that's the that's well, and then the also Queens Queensland. I wanted to finish off with. So yeah, let's talk okay. about let's talk about uh, Melbourne and Victoria, which you said was the worst. Yeah, well, I mean, I have a mate 
that lives down there and, and he's just sent me some stuff basically saying, you know, he hasn't been able to work for three months um, due to unvaccination status. Mm. Um, he said, which I found this really weird. He, he said he's caught COVID at the moment. He's got COVID, but now he gets a six month exemption and can return to work. After he got COVID, he's got to wait for six months and then he can go back. Good to go. No. So he, he, he is unvaccinated still. He caught COVID and because he caught COVID that gives him a six month exemption and now he can go to work. So he gets a six month exemption from getting the vaccine because he caught COVID and now he can go back to work, even though he's still unvaccinated. Okay. So this is so weird. He wasn't allowed to work for three months because he was not vaccinated he got COVID, still unvaccinated, and now they're allowing him to work while he's infected with COVID for six months? Basically, when he tests negative for the next six months, he's got an exemption and can work. Oh, so not while he's infected, but after he's after he's healed from COVID, he can go for six months. That's right. Yeah, but still unvaccinated. What the fuck? So that doesn't like, make any sense, dude. So, I mean, knowing how, how much you can turn the PCR tests up, I would imagine you could just turn a PCR test up, test positive, show that you're positive, and then just get exemptions. I, I, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't understand it. Because he was telling me about it the other day, and I was like, hang on. So because you caught COVID, now you're allowed to do everything again? And he's like, yeah, yep, that's the law. I was like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's and you would think, you'd think that they'd want to keep him away. Yeah, I mean, and I and I did see that on the government site. So that's I verified that that's true. That that is their law down there. If you're unvaccinated, you can't work. But then if you catch COVID, it gives you a six month exemption on the vaccination. What is your uh, your main government website for anyone that's interested to go and check out this information? Because I think that what Australia is, I think that Australia is a little ahead of uh, ahead of Canada. And then, like, the United States is probably going to follow in the footsteps of somewhere like in Australia. Realistically, it's China. But I think that that Australia and Canada are just a couple steps behind China. So what is that website, man? So we every state has its own laws. So basically, you would just have to look up each individual state's governmental site for their particular mandates and laws. Okay. So I think it would be like... Um, oz.gov.queensland or something for the Queensland one and then Victoria and et cetera, et cetera, all the way around. oz.gov, like just aus.gov? Yeah, something like that. If you, Let me just, okay. I mean, if you, if you type into Google Australian government website, it should come up and uh, all the different states. Let me just have a look here. Yeah, while you're doing that, man, I, just looking at the way that it seems, you know, we're hearing so much contradictory information from what i've heard um it does seem like the lockdown conditions there are are very you know diverse but the when when we hear australia over here in the u.s it just seems like it's a giant uh you know prison again you know what i mean like how kind of the way that it that it started off right it seems like everyone's on lockdown and no one's able to to make any money how is how are any of these people like your buddy in victoria how is he able to make ends meet when he wasn't able to work for the three months. My assumption is that he was on some sort of government payments combined with um, just doing what you can. Uh, sure. If, if you can sell stuff on eBay, if you can trade some crypto, 
if you can, <laughs> yeah. you know, get some money from stocks or something. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just all he was doing was getting the government payment and then trying to flip that and make a sustainable living. Is he in, uh, cause you said that is kind of like the Silicon Valley. Is that, is he in that industry? Is he in tech? Um, no. So he was in the construction industry. Okay. Um, and, and they were one of the first, uh, construction industries to bring that policy in, um, Hmm. nationwide wow man that blew my mind you're talking about the the way that he gets covid and now he's allowed to go back to work at a, at a certain point That's yeah weird. i still don't understand it he just they've just brought in a new bill down there which is one thing that he sent me and it uh this is dated today i believe um or possibly yesterday and it says what are the fines under the new laws um so you'll get fined twenty two thousand dollars um, and that's for not wearing a mask. Uh, 22,000, not 2,200, <laughs> 22,000, 20, $21,909 for, for, for a list of things, which is either not wearing a mask, breaking a movement limit, which I, I don't even know what that sounds like. I think like that's that getting like the five kilometers away from your designated location. I've heard about that. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't realize sense. that was twenty one thousand, twenty two thousand dollars. I mean, these fines got all the way up to four hundred and fifty four thousand dollars. Well, dude, and what's the average salary there for for an Aussie? I would say, uh, and I'll I'll put this in American, probably forty five to forty seven thousand USD. So that's like between a third and a and a, and half of your damn money, just because you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Dude? And uh, there was more to that one. There was uh, attending a legal protest or gathering and uh, refusing to get tested or failing to show ID. So those four things is a $22,000 fine. <clears throat> Any one of those four things. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, you can go up to 90000 Uh This fine is for aggravated offense for breaches that cause a serious risk to health or another individual, such as going to work when infectious. So if you go to work when you're infectious. Well, guys, head on over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast to get the remaining portion of my conversation with Nick over there in Australia. And then I get back to the whole Nazi bioweapon and the brucellosis and the crystalline formation of said disease. Garth and Nancy Nicholson, along with the Merck family, some shady, shady shit. So I hope to see you over there. Patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast.